Welcome to another episode of Bothell Amplified. My name is Mackenzie Britton. I am the producer for the podcast and your temporary host while Pastor Joe is on vacation. This week on Bothell Amplified, we welcome educator and author Andrew G. Lang, an alumnus of Richard Rohr's Living School for Action and Contemplation. Andrew preaches to us from Romans chapter 7, verses 15 through 25, and what it means to have the desire to do what is right in the law of God. Check it out now on Bothell Amplified. Hey, everybody. Um, this scripture today is brutal. Uh, <laughs> I had forgotten. Joe asked me what scripture I wanted to do, and I said this one because it used to be one of my favorites, and then I reread it. And I was like, they're going to think that I'm a really, really like down person. Um, so this scripture, uh, I, it used to be one of my absolute favorite scriptures, and it still is. I don't have a, I have a really hard time with the sin word, and I, I've always had a really challenging time understanding that word and internalizing it. But the rest of the vibe, as, de, as really down as it is, it really connects. I don't know what I want to do. I don't do what I want to do. The things I do are the things I hate doing, and I don't get it. I don't understand what's wrong with me. I have two toddlers at home. It sounds like them. It also sounds like me, so I get it. Um, and I put money on that it sounds a lot like what you have in your heads at different points in your life at different seasons. It's the experience of autopilot. It's the experience of just going along. It's the experience of being directed by something else other than your own wants and desires and dreams. Um, it's the experience of not pausing long enough to understand what's going on inside of you. None of us are in control, but it's the feeling of like really not being in control. The author of the verse is basically saying, something's gotta give. My ideals and my actions are running in opposite directions and I can't figure it out. I am on autopilot. I'm adrift in the waves of life and I don't know what to do. When I was down at the living school, one of the teachers there, James Finley, he was a monk for a bunch of years, and he's now a clinical psychologist for the past 50 years. He has this phrase that has always really stuck with me. He said, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves skimming over the depths of our own lives. If we're not careful, we can find ourselves skimming over the depths of our own lives. We can find ourselves living, running on autopilot without intention, without connection to that which is deeply embedded in us. Our true self, our soul space, our sense of purpose, we might say the divine within us. I like to use the phrase, our inherent dignity. We're just too busy, and so we don't ground ourselves in that. We don't remind ourselves every single day when we look in the mirror, I'm worth it. I have inherent dignity, it's part of me. What so-and-so said to me, however true it is, it's not going to shake me because I have inherent dignity. We can find ourselves just surviving life. Um, Susanna said I was a pastor. I am so not. Uh, that is a very big, uh, I have a very big concept of what that means, which is why I've never gone that trajectory. Um, but it also is. I don't really love preaching without, I'm a teacher by training, so I don't love preaching for 15 minutes without you doing something as well. So I'm gonna invite you, if you have a pen or paper, or if you just wanna whip out your phone really quick to the Notes app, I'm gonna ask you a question, 
and I'm going to invite you to just to jot down some words. And if you're anti-authoritarian and you're like, I'm not going to do it, uh, you can just think about it too. That's totally fine. I taught high school. I get it. All right, so here's the, there's going to be two questions. Here's the first question. When is a time in your life that you have felt a disconnect between your ideals and your actions? What you want to do, what you do do. And just take a second to texture that moment. When's a moment when you've been aware of that? Or just looking back, you're like, oh, yep, that's what was happening. Where were you? What was the issue? What were you doing? Who was there? And the second question, how did it feel in your body? So try to list out a couple words. Was there anything happening in your muscles? Was there anything happening in your vibe, the energy you were carrying? What shifted? What changed? Was it uncomfortable? Did you love the disconnection? What was happening in your emotional life? All right, you can pause that. I'll ask you another question kind of similar to this in a little bit. I want to share some imagery that I think is really helpful. It's certainly helped me. Thomas Merton has this parable. I call it the parable of the spring and the stream because it's about a spring and a stream. It goes like this. He says, we all have a spring within us. So water. We all have this spring within us. It's our inner life, our soul space, this bubbling pool of who we really are. It's our true self. It's where the divine and the human come together within us. It's our inherent dignity. It's where the inner us gets to dance and do a little two-step. It's the creative dance floor where the divine says, you don't have to do that two-step alone. I'll be there with you. And then, next to the spring flowing out of it, we have streams. And these streams are our actions. They're the ways that we show up in the world. And not just the world, because I think that's big and broad and vague, and we've all been taught that we need to change and save the world. No. It's our communities. It's how we show up right here in the midst of these people, or it's how we show up in our families at the dinner table. It's how we show up to our kid when the kid is screaming. And Thomas Merton says, if we're not paying attention, if we're not tending to our inner spring, if we aren't helping it feed the streams of our actions, what ends up happening is that the streams end up drying out. I think of every activist I've ever worked with. Um, I used to work on political campaigns. Every activist I've ever known who would just go, go, go until the first Wednesday of November, just after election day. They just had to get over that hump because they knew they were drawing on an inner well that just had nothing left in it. You burn out. And if we don't engage those streams, so if we're not doing any action, if all we're doing is meditating all day, if all we're doing is focusing on the inner life, but there's no streams, that inner life, that bubbling pool, ends up becoming stagnant as well, because there's no outflow. So that's the interplay between inner life and outer life. Paying attention to this spring within us and ensuring that it's leading to actions changes, different postures that we're taking in the world around us. I think about the scripture in that context. I don't know what my life really is. Comes from a disconnect between those two things. So how are we being present to the invitations of our life 
to be acquainted with that inner spring. If you can visualize this, this is how I, I think of it. I imagine the spring that's within me, and it's within a forest. And what I really want to do to become acquainted with my inner spring is carve out 10 minutes, one day a week, or whatever, as much as I possibly can, a little bit more today than yesterday, and I want to dangle my feet into my inner spring. I want to notice if there's birds around. I want to notice if there's any spaciousness in me, or have I filled myself so much with the news and with what's going on in my own ego that I don't even know what my inner spring is doing anymore. I want to ask a couple more questions of you in a second. And I want to, this one in particular, I've sat through a lot of Sunday services where five minutes later no one remembers what the service was actually about, scripture or sermon. I want to name it. Um, this one, try to remember, because uh, it's not a fake, leave it on Sunday morning kind of question. This is a matter of life and death. It's a matter of what you actually, it's a matter of whether you think your life is worth it, and whether you actually find value in your life, or if you're just skimming the surfaces of the depths. Mary Oliver had that big question of, you know, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? This is the question. So I'm going to give you some time to jot some words down again. What is your relationship with your inner spring? When you imagine your inner space, what's going on inside you, this inner spring you have, write down some words. What is your relationship with it? Is your inner spring bubbling? Is it stagnant? Do you feel it? Have you been there in the last 20 years? Have you visited your inner spring? If you have, when? When do you go there? What's the vibe of the place? Is it luscious and green and water and oak trees, or are we talking Mordor? What's the vibe of that inner space you have? I want to share another story. Um, so I told you I was a teacher. A couple years ago, I, I began teaching high school humanities. Uh, so history, language arts combined in the same class. And I loved it. When I first started teaching, I saw it as, this is my space that I'm going to change the world. This is it. This is the impact I'm going to make. Um, I'm going to prove myself in this space. I'm going to fix all societal ills. It was super problematic. It was uh, also impossible. Also, not me, not on me. Um, so it was nonsense, but that was my posture entering into the classroom. This is the space that I'm going to make sure the world looks like me. I became a building representative for our local union, and uh, we were in the middle of merging two schools. So immediately, I, was, I saw myself as like, I am the protector. I am the person standing between evil admin and the good teachers doing the work. Also, there's kids here. Right, like, that's kind of, that's kind of the posture I had. Um, and then a new principal showed up in the midst of the merger. And so, merger, new principal, me with my thoughts and things showing up, and it was holy war. Every single day I would go to school, and I was in the midst of epic battle. 
any sense of connection with my inner spring, my inner life, absolutely gone, absolutely disappeared, which is, if we're honest, usually what happens when our central nervous system gets activated, right? The first thing that goes is any sense of connectivity inwardly. We go into fight, flight, fright. Fight, flight, freeze. Um, also fright. Uh, and, to be honest, I was in fight, so I immediately went into fight mode. Every day I walked into the building, my body carried this tension. My, I now know my shoulders go up, my back tightens, um, I don't breathe. It's just complete constriction. Epic battle, good and evil. And over the course of two years of this, my body began to feel like I was crumbling. Because our bodies hold the stories of our disconnections. And, of course, it didn't stay at work. I brought it all home. And so my relationship with my then fiancé, which had felt rock solid, completely fell apart. I would come home from this warfare, and I would tiptoe around as if I was you know, trying to get around landmines all the time. Not a great vibe in a partner. And so both of these spaces of my life were beginning to implode on me. I was entirely disconnected inwardly, outwardly, garbage nonsense. Didn't know what to do. My disconnection had dominoed with myself, had dominoed into a disconnection with my coworkers, with my admin, with everything at work, with my students for sure. It had dominoed into a disconnection with my partner. And I ended up becoming a curmudgeon, doing what curmudgeons do. Curmudgeons, without a connection to their inner spring, without a connection inwardly, what curmudgeons do is they blow their own trauma through the bodies of other people. I'll say that again. Curmudgeons blow their trauma, their negative thoughts, their lack of connectivity with their own depths. They blow it through other people's central nervous systems because all of a sudden other people have to deal with the lack of their inner work. That was me. And so I remember the night that the, the dam kind of broke open within me. I was, uh, my partner and I were sitting on a couch having an argument, and we are, neither of us are yellers, so it was like a very peaceful looking argument, but it was deep. Um, and finally, all of this anger within me just kind of bleh, off of me, and I found myself jumping up, and she was probably like, I don't know, why, why is he jumping up? I jumped up and I said, I gotta go. And I left the door out of the house. I went and got on my bike. Anyone who knows Tacoma, I was going up Proctor Avenue. So I get on my bike. I'm not a bicyclist. It was not pretty. And I just sped as far and as long as my body would take me. And I ended up a couple miles north uh, of Proctor in a neighborhood I had never been to before with zero street lights at 1130 at night. And my body finally just gave out. I can't take it anymore. You're done. You haven't bicycled in years. What are you doing? It's a miracle there's even tire in the, uh, like air in these things. And so when I stopped, I was breathing super heavy, and I had this experience, and it was an experience of, I don't know who I am anymore. This ain't me. This life ain't me. This isn't what I've ever wanted. I'm doing things I don't want to do. It was the scripture this morning. It was this moment. What I want to do, I'm not doing. What I don't want to do, that seems to be the thing for me right now. And so in light of that, the scripture today is a sacred confession that we get to bear witness to and that we get to resonate with. 
It's a sacred confession of powerlessness, of controllessness, and it's the, uh, for all of you wonderful folks in AA, like, it's the first step. And so we're left with another question, and I'm not going to ask you to, to write down this one or to work on this one, but we're left with another question. For those of us who know this experience that is within this sacred confession, for those of us who know this experience, who might currently be in the experience of autopilot, who might be feeling adrift, I saw numerous head nods as I kind of rolled through this, so like, I know I'm not the only one who's experienced this, but if you're currently in it, if you're currently skimming over the depths of your own life, if you're currently just existing, going along to getting, get along, wondering, is there something more within the depths of my experience and humanness? How will you let your toes dangle in the water of your inner spring? How will you do that? How will you reconnect with your inherent dignity? That part of you that James Finley says is infinitely precious. That's the divine within you, or whatever language works for you. How will you listen for that song that's within you, that the bubbling inner spring tends to give off, Howard Thurman called the sound of the genuine that emanates up from within us? How will you pause yourself to listen to that part of you? We can talk about justice, and I know Mark was here last week talking about discipleship. We can do that all day long. We can talk about life and love and God and kindness and making a better space tomorrow than we have today. But if we are disconnected from our inner spring, we are going to end up having an outer life that mirrors that fragmentation. You cannot heal a world, a community, your space within a community. You can't have a healing posture when you are so disconnected that your streams are completely dry. So as you leave today, there's a choice that I want to offer you, and it's a choice that, as I said, please don't forget. Um, try to sit with this, write it down, put it on the mirror at home, check in at some point this week with yourself, but it's the choice I want to invite you into that is real and, and raw and is life or death, not in the sense of real, like physical death, although that might also be it, but a reality of do you want to live a wild and precious life? If this sacred confession, this sense of I don't know what I'm doing, what I want to do, I do not do, what I don't want to do, I do, if that resonates with your story, do you want to continue to skim over the surface? Do you want to choose to explore? Do you want the status quo because it's comfortable and it doesn't risk your money, it doesn't risk your time, it doesn't risk all the status symbols and your labels? Or do you want to dance a little bit into the unknown? What would it feel like to sit at the edge of your inner spring and connect with your soft and tender center? There's a little, I wish I would have sent a picture because it was a picture of me that when I was really young that's just like so jubilant and happy and I think of that, so my inner squish. How are you gonna connect your inner squish? Do you even want to? What would it look like to give attention and intention to that space within you for five minutes tomorrow, maybe six minutes the next day, or maybe three minutes the next day, whatever, but what would it look like to give some time to that inner space? How might that begin to become a connective tissue for you that heals your life and transforms the way that you walk within your community?
where is the you that you want to be in the midst of your own life? Thank you.